Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I think about my path down that road, to me, it's the long way. And it was something that my dad stressed in me. He thought it was important that you focus on responsibility and adding value more so than titles or politics. And kind of what I mean by that is when you are afforded an opportunity to work with a team, you know, really trying to do a great job at the, the responsibilities that are given to you and knowing that if you do a great job at that, then more opportunities will be afforded to you. Well, I'm excited about today's guest. It's Jeff Howard, who is the defensive pass game coordinator, defensive backs coach for the Cleveland Browns. And we're going to talk about defending intent and a lot of the things that he does to develop the unit, the back end of the defense for the Cleveland Browns. So, Coach, I'm really glad you're here today. Thank you for taking the time. Keith, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be able to speak with you today. I think we got a lot of good questions that we're going to be able to go over, kind of dive deep into a lot of different areas of what we think is important as a coach. You started out as an assistant defensive back and linebackers coach at Odessa Permian High School in Texas. Coach, looking back at that time, what was it that drove you to become a coach? What was your why? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think staying attached to your why is so infinitely important and something that I really try to stress with my guys and I try to get them to circle back to that and think about that. But personally, my why, whenever I got into coaching, was really to be involved in the game and serve players for their success on and off the field. The game is so important, and it's something that's been involved in my life ever since I was young, you know, all the way through my adolescence. My father was a small college coach throughout his career, and You know, I benefited from that. I was able to be out at practice every day, travel with the team on the weekends, you know, on those Friday trips. I used to skip school and go go with the team, and I used to think that was just so much fun. And, you know, and then he also gave me the opportunity to, you know, I worked with an equipment room, filled in the end zone copy when I was in eighth grade. And then just even going back and holding cords on the sideline. But, you know, the game has been – like so important to our our family and when I got done with with college you know initially I wasn't going to end up getting into coaching but it had been something that I wasn't used to not being around so that was how I ended up taking that first job why I took that first job and uh that purpose of being involved with the game trying to do it at a high level 
and then trying to impact my players in a positive way, both on and off the field. Has that evolved for you over time, or is is that still the same thing that it was back when you were at the high school level? Yeah, great question. And I think it's similar. The expectations of a high school coach and of an NFL coach of what you're trying to accomplish with your players is a little bit different. You know, I can think back to my days in high school. It was it's so much more involved with the whole person. Football is a small part of what you're trying to benefit, you know, the kid or produce positively in their life as far as their play on the field. But then you're also trying to make sure that they're doing well in their classes. And then as well, for those kids in Odessa, you wanted to make sure that their their immediate needs were taken care of. I can still remember one of the main things at Permian, I used to drive over at 5.30, 6 o'clock to try to go pick kids up for workouts and stuff. But, you know, the program was so important to developing those kids. It was awesome. I have really fond memories and good relationships there. As far as guys in the NFL, I think it's adjusted a little bit. I think I spend the majority of my time, you know, all my guys' needs are met. So I end up spending a lot of their my time with them on just developing their game so that they can go out and be successful on the field on Sundays. And we know that if they take care of that, then, you know, not only are they taken care of, but, you know, their future families as well. And so it's still servant-based. I think that's what I try to do as a coach. I really want to have a positive impact on, on guys' lives, but it's just a little bit different in the NFL than it was in high school. I grew up in a similar way, being the son of a high school football coach and can remember, like you talked about, man, being in the equipment room, you knew how to fix every helmet, uh, shoulder pad, all of it, right? <laughs> right. Become ingrained in every part right. of the game, just absorbing that. Mm-hmm. But you do have to learn as a coach. It does change over time. And, and you're looking at your learning of the game. What did you major? I know you were DB coach and linebackers coach, but what would you say, you know, was, was a major for you early on? Being it, like you said, Coming from a coaching family, I was afforded opportunities to learn about the game, just seeing so many games and practices and sitting in meetings. I think you learn a lot. You know, my my dad was a college offensive coordinator, ran the triple option, and then at the end of his career, he actually switched over and they ran the, the air raid with tempo. <laughs> so I was able, you know, as <laughs> I was able to see it all and. I think that was being a defensive coach and a defensive player. I always talk about defending intent. And I think learning about the offense, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish and how things work allows you to defend things better. So I I would think, you know, early on, I would say I majored in that just growing up. I played in a 4-2-5 scheme, very similar to, you know, what people would say traditionally is the TCU 4-2-5. I played in that. And then whenever I started in high school, coaching at, at Permian High School, we were a three, four quarters based team. And I think people from down in Texas would know it more as like the Katy three, four, but that's what we did. We had a lot of formation adjustment defenses, but that was kind of where my basic knowledge of the game started from adolescence all the way into, you know, college and my first job. So obviously your dad was a mentor in the game, but as you said, he was an offensive coach for you. Where did you really get mentored and learn more of the defensive side of the game? It's so hard to like tailor into, you know, single people. There's so many people that are, that impact you in your career. Uh, I think Darren Allman, who's now the, the head coach at Nacogdoches in, in Texas, you know, he gave me my first job being able to coach at the high school level, coach and teach. It's given me a base understanding that I still use today. And it's 
a lot of different things that uh, just be able to handle kids and coach kids. You know, he's a great mentor for that and also taught, taught me some defensive stuff. Other people that mentored me, you know, like whenever I ended up going to Texas Tech, you know, Chad Glasgow, we ran the 4-2-5 my first couple years there. And then from there, Art Kaufman and John Lovett came in and coached defense at Texas Tech, worked with them, worked with the DBs, and then I coached the safeties my last year. Big key points, I think, about those guys, because we ended up finishing, I think, in 2012. You know, we ended up playing some pretty good defense at Tech. And I think my main takeaway from that is, you know, Coach Lovett came in and really stressed the fundamentals of playing technique. And we taught guys how to play press coverage. We had a couple guys, you know, one of the guys I had at Permian who ended up being a walk-on. And we had another corner that ended up being an offensive player. But we ended up making it work and really teaching them technique, hone in on technique, not really get too crazy with scheme. We had enough answers, the compliments of what we were doing, but getting those kids to really, you know, believe in the technique that they, we were playing and stress fundamentals. And we got a lot of, a lot better. And it was cool to be a part of that process. You know, going into the NFL, been a part of a lot of different things, seen a lot of different schemes in my 10 years. I started off in a Tampa 2 scheme with Leslie Frazier. And then from there, you know, I spent the majority of my NFL career with Mike Zimmer and his 4-3 system where we played, you know, three jade or uh, match three. And he's probably known a lot for his palms fire pressures. And then, you know, getting into Cleveland, I think play a little bit of mix of everything. You know, we have a lot of different coaches from a lot of different places. You know, I think Seattle three would be kind of our base point. But, you know, we do our uh, defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, was at Denver when they won the Super Bowl under Wade Phillips. And we do some of that stuff as well. We've incorporated a little bit of what I did in Minnesota. And then, uh, you know, we also have some basis, you know, coverage concepts in the, in the Vic Fangio system and odd fronts and, you know, back-end disguises. But I think we're kind of eclectic mix in, in Cleveland, but it's afforded me a lot of good learning opportunities with uh, a lot of good coaches on our staff. And I think Coach Woods does a tremendous job of really listening to the room and having a consensus, and then, you know, we're always going to figure out what's best for us, and then and then everybody's on board. But it, what it, what it does is it kind of gives everybody, you know, a baseline understanding of a lot of different concepts. So, I know it's a little bit of a long-winded answer, but uh, you know, I, I I'm very appreciative of the opportunities I've been afforded learning the game, and it's been so important in my career and something that I've really, you know, try to be intentional about. Well, and you've you've certainly absorbed a lot you've learned a lot over the time you've been in different systems obviously guys now like you said at the browns in that defensive room bringing all kinds of things to the table as well so you're learning an immense amount of knowledge of the game and in looking at your approach to learning what tips do you have for coaches to be able to learn such an immense amount of knowledge of the game yeah great question you know i think just that the focus on being intentional every day. I remember back in, in high school, because even when I was in high, coaching high school, I, I always, I enjoyed the process, and but I always wanted more. And I, I've always had this drive in me to want to compete at the highest level. And so I would really try to invest every day in, in doing something. So I'd spend, a, you know, I was like, if I could spend an hour each day, what would that look like? I remember those old clinic talk books. I would you know, in my free time, I'd, I'd read those and take notes on it. Or 
find a playbook online or, you know, different websites that had, you know, different people chat, chat groups, and then, you know, trying to get as much film as I could cut ups. And then I always made it a, when I especially when I was in high school, I always made college visits like a priority. So like in the spring, I'd always take off. When I was at Permian one year, we went to Florida. One year we went to Notre Dame. One year we went to Texas. But really just kind of investing in that and understanding that that knowledge is, is so powerful. So it's kind of a long haul. I think if you enjoy it, it makes it easier. It's a lot of fun. And then just, to, you know, to be a curious thinker and understand that there's different ways you can do things. And I enjoy that part of the game, you know, being able to talk and ask questions to different people to see kind of how they do it. But I think at the bottom line, you know, being intentional, investing your time, and then uh, trying to engage as many people as you can. Well, and it's a, it's a great game to be curious about because there's so much out there. You know, you mentioned your dad going from option to air raid, such a wide ends of the spectrum there. So it just shows how much there is to learn. I know I first met you at the QB Collective, essentially a one day or two day quarterback camp. And, you know, there's a defensive pass game coordinator there. So taking advantage of opportunities really outside your realm too. How important is it to you to, to really learn all the other parts of the game as well, rather than just getting honed in on, I'm, I'm just a defensive guy, this is it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, not only getting locked into a position, but, you know, try to know the bigger picture. Being around Coach Zimmer really showed me that. He was outstanding, his ability to be able to coach all three levels of defense. So, and that was something that I always aspired to as I was sitting through those meetings is trying to figure out how was a D lineman playing a block because we're all intertwined and we're all put in stressful situations and understanding, having empathy for, you know, different positions, how they're taught, what are they supposed to do? And then how is it all intertwined is knowledge that I always thought and I thought it was helpful. Going to the offensive side of the ball, I think it's so important that you understand how the other side thinks. How do they assess situations? What are they trying to get done? What is their intent? And what are they trying to attack on defense? A big part of what I believe in defensively is defending intent. And I don't think you really truly understand intent until you can peel back what the other side is actually doing. So going back to it, your question that being curious, I think is so important. Try to get different perspectives from all different angles gives you the best way to be able to solve problems. And I'm going to come back to that idea of defending intent in a little bit. A couple questions before we get to that. You've been able to learn the game and climb the ranks, as we mentioned, starting at Odessa Permian at the high school level, then an off-field job, and then on the field at Texas Tech, then moving to the NFL with the Vikings, advancing from assistant to the head defensive backs coach, and then at the Browns now, pass game coordinator, defensive backs coach. What did you do to network and help you advance through those different levels of the game? When I think about my path down that road, to me, it's the long way. And it was something that my dad stressed in me. He thought it was important that you focus on responsibility and adding value more so than titles or politics. And kind of what I mean by that is when you are afforded an opportunity to work with a team, 
you know, really trying to do a great job at the, the responsibilities that are given to you and knowing that if you do a great job at that, then more opportunities will be afforded to you. And I really try to take that as my main focus, making sure that relationships are important, but I am not in relationships for my betterment. It's important for me to uh, serve those people that that help me out. I want to be able to give something back to them. And that's kind of the, the way that I've kind of navigated it. So I would say, you know, from a networking standpoint, from my path, you know, I have a lot more close friends than I would probably say, like, widespread friends. I, I try to go deep with the people that I do know. And I want them to know that they can trust me and they can trust me in, on game day and they can trust me at any end of time. And so going down that path, it's probably taken me a little bit longer than most, but it's something that I've also been afforded a lot of great learning experiences through that time. And it put me in a good position to be successful at where I'm at. You've been able to take that knowledge and that strong foundation in this game and be able to move yourself forward. But a big part of this really is the mindset. What's your mindset in your approach to the game as a coach? Yes, such a great question. For all of us who do this, being a coach is as much of a passion as it is anything. You know, it's not just a job. It's something we enjoy, we love. To me, there's really three things that set my mindset as a coach. And that's one is to serve, two is to teach, and then three is team. So serving, caring for others around us, knowing that this game for us all to, to be successful as a team, we all have to serve the, the greater good and understanding what our role is and doing the best of our ability and then trying to put others in, on our team in situations to be successful and be able to mentor them and be leaders. And so serving is one. Teaching, you know, I love teaching. I love taking complex things or sharing a vision and then trying to simplify that so that people can go out and execute that. Teaching, you know, the game, techniques, schematics, everything, you know, really even psychology, mindset to, to my players. And then lastly, I say team, but it's really bringing people together for a common goal, really setting that vision for what, what do we want to look like, setting a culture for what does it look like day in and day out, and then getting that final result, the wins that we're all looking for, success for all of our players. So that's kind of the mindset as a coach. For your players, what's the mindset that you want them to take out onto the field, and how do you coach that? So I have this sign that we have in our, our room, and it basically, on top of it, it says identity. And it basically goes through, what do we want to be known for? And in this game, you know, it's not about the media. It's not about Twitter hype. It's really about what you put on tape. And so I want my guys to be able to have a set mindset so that whenever they go out on the field, that we can put great play on tape as a unit and as them for individually. But to do that, I think whenever it's game day, we do have to have a mindset. And what I want my guys to be focused on is, one, being confident, being confident in their process, being confident in their ability, and then confident in the role that they have on our team, that they can go out there and be successful in that role and help us win. I want them to be aggressive, having a killer mentality. You know, on game day, there's no, <laughs> we all know that there's no, like, there's no niceness. Like, I want them to be able to attack it. And then being focused and observant. We're not going to get so geeked out, out of our mind that we can't focus on what we need to accomplish and that we don't observe how the game's going or uh, what our opponent's doing and being able to adjust off of that. 
And then my last point, I want them to be able to attack success and not focus on avoiding failure. I think kind of in our society now, you know, it's kind of like, how do I look? Well, I don't want to look bad. I don't want them to think bad about me. I don't want them to, I don't want my guys to focus on that. I really want them, you know, if we've done what we've done in preparation, I want them to attack success. I want them to go out there and be the best version they can. Understand it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to work through it. We're going to fight through it. And I think if we're, we're doing that as a unit and as a group, we're going to be successful at the end of the day more, more times than not. We're always looking for leaders in this game. So as a coach, it's just necessary that you lead. How would you describe yourself as a leader? You know, that could be a topic in itself that we could talk about for a long time. There's so much that goes into leadership, and it's something that I think is so so important, not only for leadership as a coach, but you really want to develop leadership on your assistants, and you want to develop leadership with your guys as players, you know, because I think player-led teams are end up being great teams, teams that you have positive, strong voices in, in the locker room is so important. But I think a lot of times coaches can be the gatekeepers, so to say, and it's like, I have leaders, I don't have leaders. Well, what are we doing to develop leaders? And I think that's so important. But, you know, what does leadership look like? It's so many different things. It's focus, vision, having knowledge, knowledge of the game, knowledge of your players, being able to communicate effectively. Something that I've learned is don't say five words when three words will do, especially with your coaching points and with those things. I think having loyalty, being accountable. And then something that I think is winning football is being authentic and being sincere. You know, I talk about serving players, caring for your players. I generally do care about them. I want, I want them to be successful, not only in our situation, but in life. And I think, that, you know, there's winning edge to that when it's not just a business all the time. And then being open-minded, you know, being able to empower others, being trustworthy. And then something that I've worked on lately is kind of a big buzzword is emotional intelligence or basically having an empathy for others in the situations that they're in. And I think that's so important because at the end of the day, it's like it's getting people to go all in the same direction. If we can get everybody going in the right direction, if it's a clear vision with clear expectations, I think we can get there. But there's a lot of different things with leadership. I think leadership is so, so important and something I try to get better at, you know, each and every day. So a coach wears many hats and one of those hats is teacher. When you are in your meeting room, when you're in the classroom, I mean, you are a classroom teacher. So for you, what do you do that makes your room and the people in it successful for your jobs? I mean, it's easy to get up there and just watch film, but how are you going to utilize that time to really set those guys up for success? I think it's so much more than scheme, being intentional with your actions, giving your, giving those guys a voice, coaches and players, making sure the vibe of the room and in my room isn't like dictator, like talking down to you, probably the way that we were taught to as we were growing up, but it's more kind of being inclusive, like trying to have a conversation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not on the field. <laughs> my guys are on the field. So I need them to be able to own all the information that I'm giving to them. And to do that, we need to conversate. They need to be able to process it, but I need to, to know that they understand it. And so if they can have those, those things in their mind in the classroom, then I think you can be able to go out on the field and get them accomplished. But teaching is so infinitely important, but teaching isn't just, Hey, here's the information you digest it. It's, 
how can I find ways to help you digest that information? How can you, how can I package it? How can I organize it? How can I communicate it in a way that you can effectively put it in your, in your mind and be able to go out there and execute it? So empathy, you know, something else, I think being able to coach with your player's perspective in mind, especially when they're out on the field is so important. Like go through the process of, okay, where am, where's my alignment or my eyes? And then what are the reactions that I'm supposed to meet? And then how do you fit amongst the other players? Like in the back end, we got five guys playing on the field the majority of the time, maybe six. How do those pieces work together? How does one position see, you know, a route one way? Is it, does that work with how the, the other players seeing that route as well? But being able to work as a cohesive unit, I think, you know, it starts in the classroom and, and it starts with that culture and, and it starts with uh, having a room that, you know, guys that we're having those conversations. I think that's, that's important to that. So if we were to ask some of your players to describe you as a coach, what do you think they would say about you? I'd hope for them to say that I'm authentic, that I have a vision. Something that, you know, a buzzword I say in our room is stay ahead of the play. You know, mentally, I'd like to say that I stay ahead of the play for myself and them. I try to look ahead for potential issues that we're facing in games and then be able to coach us and put us in the best situations possible. I like for them to think that I'm consistent, good communicator. It's important to me. I'm urgent. And at the end of the day, I'm someone that'll fight for you. I think anybody that I work with, I want them to know on game day, or if you need somebody that, you know, Jeff Howard's going to have your back. That's like very important to me. And I hope that's something that, that they all see. You know, a combination of having knowledge, communicating, and then being a fighter. I think those are kind of the things that I would hope that they would say that uh, I am as a coach. Are there any tools or technology that are indispensable to you doing your job at an elite level? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I, I think when when people think about tools, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what are the gadgets, gizmos or whatever. And I think the more than the more I've coached, the more understanding that the indispensable tools are the people that you work with, whether that be coaches, players, people win games. It's not scheme. It's not tactics. It's not techniques. It's people coming together with a common purpose in mind, working together. That's what wins games. That's what drives people to fight for one another. And I think, you know, that's the indispensable tool. And so making sure that people understand that they're valued, keeping that open line of communication with them. Another kind of, cool thing that happened this last off season is, you know, one of my players, John Johnson came in and we were, we had a, a conversation and he was able to share, you know, with a room, uh, a quote that he felt was, was really important to him, something that he learned. And I think it kind of fits this, you know, Chuck Knoll said back in the day, it said, uh, the mercenaries will always beat the draftees, but the volunteers will crush them both. And I think that's such a powerful statement because it's like a group of people that believe in something that have a common goal that are doing it together, I think are very strong. And, you know, that's what I want our group to be in. And I think that's something that we've seen a little bit in, in Cleveland in the DB room. And it's something that I want to, you know, continue to stress is, you know, the guys that volunteer who believe what they're fighting for are always going to beat the mercenaries, the guys that are playing for money. And they're always always going to beat the guys that are just doing it because someone told them to do it. And so we want to be those volunteers, those guys that are fighting for one another so that we can be successful. I love that answer. And 
earlier in the week, we had a podcast where I shared a chapter from Woody Hayes' book written in 1973 called You Win With People. And man, when you read that today, that was 1973. You look at all that's going on in our world and he's talking about the different things that you know, were affecting them. It's society at the time. And it's like, man, that could be right now. And I think, you know, for that answer, I, I love it. You win with people. It is about people. And, you know, I think Woody Hayes is just an incredible teacher of the game. And that's why I love reading that stuff and enjoy sharing that here on the podcast, too. So it reminded me of that when you said, you know, the people. So uh, I appreciate that answer. Absolutely. So we always set our players up with routine and we go through every minute of practice and have our routines there. But for you as a coach, what's the routine, daily routine you have that sets you up for a successful practice? Going back to the process, you know, what is the process to get to a successful practice? And I was thinking about it, you know, you study, you know, you're studying your opponent. You're trying to figure out, well, you know, what you think they're going to do against you, which basically drives the plays that you're going to practice. It drives the scheme that you're going to run. It drives the techniques that you're going to play you know, what personnel packages you might do. So I think that studying uh, is so infinitely important of studying, knowing yourself, but also knowing your opponent through that game plan process. And then being able to communicate that to others in a succinct, concise way, something that Coach Stefanski, I think, does a tremendous job with is when he communicates, he does a great job of keeping the main thing the main thing. So it's succinct, it's concise, it's to the point. So that everybody, when they leave that room, they understand what coaches, what coach was trying to say. He's trying to get this across. And I think being able to do that in a meeting room is so, so important. And then being able to take that information out to the field and then building drills, whether it be individual drills, walkthrough drills, drills with multiple units working together, building those drills so that you can practice those schemes, practice those techniques, working with one another. And then ultimately, you know, you finish with a team segment where you're working those concepts and then being able to go back and correct it and then kind of repeating the process. So having a successful practice in my mind is going through all of that. I want to stress my players in practice. I think sometimes you get in the world where you always want you, like you go out there and you want it to be look perfect every time. And it's not, but, that's not a bad thing. I think being able to go through the process, it's practice. We want to have that growth mindset. We're always getting better. Taking those failures, being able to work from them, and then we're continually getting better. I think that's the goal of what we're trying to do. I know home and away work differently for you guys, but when you look at your game day routine as the coach, right, is is there anything you really like to do consistently week to week that – is preparing you to go out there and mentally perform everything you need to do as a coach? On game day. So on game day, I wake up, I always get a workout in. I like to sweat. It's kind of my way to compete. You know, I can't go out on the field anymore and compete, but I'm competing with myself. I like working out, lifting, running, doing that. From there, I go back and, and spend some time looking at the game plan, looking at certain situations, and then going through film whether that's watching a game, whether that's watching cut-ups, going through my notes, back through it, just kind of refresh on your mind, you know, who's your opponent, what is their situational identity, and then how are we trying to combat that, and what are we trying to get done. 
trying to keep that at the forefront of your mind so that you can go out on the field and kind of play with anticipation. You know, I, I always want to be ahead of my players. I always want to be able to, you know, see the game for what it is or what we think it's going to be and then be able to adapt. But being able to study pregame, I like doing that. So I'll go back by myself, hang out by myself, listen to some music and then get ready to go. But that's really my routine. Nice. What's the song that's always on the playlist for you? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm kind of crazy like that. I, I got a little bit of everything, but I, I kind of like, I'm a hip hop before the game guy. Uh, <laughs> it kind of sets my mentality. You know, I, I have, I want my guys to have that killer instinct. I want a little bit of that edge too when I go out on the field. And that, that's something that I have it's just because we're judged by what we do on game day. And I, I want to make sure that I'm attacking it. I'm doing everything that I can possibly do to put our guys in situations to be successful but the other part of it is i want to be able to pull the trigger on decisions like if you see something i want to like be able to make the decision i want to be able to attack it i don't want to sit back and be passive and let things happen so <laughs> that's a little bit how i set my mind <laughs> no, that's great the game. <laughs> I, I i was the same way my game day playlist was was much different than what i'd listen to during the week so <laughs> yeah i'm a little bit i love music you know it's something that i really i i really enjoy and it's I, I like all kinds of different different music genres. You know, game day is hip hop, but you know I like you know worship music during the week. I, I listen to uh, classical music, listen to pop a little. You know, especially when I'm in my in my room studying. You know, watching film, drawing cards. You know, I got music going on all the time, different types. But uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I always got the headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> That's part one of our interview with Coach Jeff Howard, and we were fortunate enough that he spent some time with us to go into detail about some other things. So tomorrow, we're going to get into his idea of defending intention. We'll talk about how he thinks about organizing practice, his coaching cues, all the different things that he does as a coach, including some of the things he thinks about as the pass game coordinator. So tune in tomorrow for the second half of this one, and be sure to follow all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.